Hello, and oh my God, the Dodgers won the Dane thing. The whole they Dane did, thing. They did it. Oh. 30, 32 years in the making. Uh, look, you you could bring up like 1988 all you want now, and it doesn't have like the the burden of all the weight of, of not winning since then. It's like, oh, cool. That was one of those other championships the Dodgers won. Now we uh, we could say that the Dodgers are the current MLB World Champions. Uh, the 2020, in two th- or 2020 in hindsight, pretty good year baseball wise. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else sucked, but like, uh, yeah, weird. What Literally a weird as year! As soon as the season and it started sucking again. Uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about everything. Uh, favorite plays, uh, uh, maybe like a little MVP ranking. We are rec- this is. It is literally 2 a.m. my time, so just about to come to Weird we're Baseball, Eric. To yeah, Weird Baseball for you. We we are winging it. Winging it. As we uh, so say. it's going to be off. Th- we're uh, haphazard. It's going to be great. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Don't have a rewind. Don't have questions. We're just going to go for it. Uh, we'll, be, we'll do all of that after this. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So you, we, we, we're going to get this out of the way because I want to talk about nothing but happy things. Um, but let's talk about the Justin Turner thing before we talk about this amazing World Series uh-huh. and amazing playoff run. Uh uh, really shortly after, uh, like uh, the first segment or two on the post game show, uh, the uh, post game show announced that Justin Turner had tested positive for COVID, which is why he was removed in the, the top of the eighth. Is that right? Yeah, I believe the eighth was when he got when he got taken out, or I think in this maybe the end of the seventh. And so that you know that that alone was frustrating because how are you getting the test result back? In the the middle of the eighth, uh, like why are these players being allowed to take the field when they don't have the results from that test? Why aren't you doing rapid tests in addition to the more slower, more accurate tests? Just a lot of frustrating questions, but almost entirely on the shoulders of Major League Baseball and possibly the Dodgers. You don't know exactly how that arrangement works, but mostly on MLB. Um, and then, then during the taking the pictures for the trophy, Justin comes out and is near people and takes his mask off and kisses his wife. Uh, all of which uh, at a at a floor is bad optics, and at, a, at at more realistic take, really, it's just it's bad. It's just it's dangerous. It's not good. Um, there's blame. I'm not. I'm gonna play the blame game, uh, except to say that uh, it's frustrating to see Justin do that. It's it's aggravating. It's really frustrating to see that. There wasn't a good system in place, both to once you had a positive t- test in the middle of a game to keep a player isolated, 
it's frustrating that um, you're getting the results in the middle game that just none of this seemed to be handled well at all by any of the parties at large. Uh, that's upsetting because it's putting a damper, put a damper on my enjoyment of the game afterwards. I know a lot of people on Twitter are feeling the same sentiments. So wanted to talk about that. So we didn't like pepper it throughout. You have anything you wanted to add? Yeah. So like there was confu- a lot of confusion post game. Ken Rosenthal first reported on FS one, I believe live. And then he let, put out a correction later. I think Jeff Pass and Bill Shaken also had this uh, essentially uh, the, this sort of, shows how the the testing in itself is is a is a weird system and it's not foolproof obviously because the result on the test from Saturday no excuse me we're oh god they played Tuesday the the result from the test on Monday came back Tuesday uh in the second inning of the game and then um I guess that was uh inconclusive uh, or like there was some questions. So they did it. They ordered a retest uh, er- earlier today. I guess, I'm sorry, the test results earlier were inconclusive. They came back in, in the second inning and then they got later on um, the Tuesday's results test of the, the second test. It. Yeah. And then that came back positive. That's why he's removed from the game. Protocol says he has to go into isolation. And at some point you, you just realize, okay, the protocol is, it in some ways like all for show like um it was for all the like talk mlb had it, it was yes safety health w- was involved but it, it was clearly mlb shown this from day one not the priority the priority was finishing the yeah, season they wanted to be able to say we're taking tests every day but you're getting tests back yeah what, 30 you know 24 to 36 hours after you take it like that's it's unacceptable um it's everybody inferior. looks bad Everybody looks bad in this. The Dodgers, uh, Andrew Friedman was interviewed about it. So the timing of the post-game Zooms, after all the on-field stuff, uh, there wasn't a lot out yet. Like when we talked to Dave Roberts, so like it didn't even come up. Like, hey, why the hell was Justin Turner on the field, right? (laughs) It it was like it was sort of trickling out yet still. So Mookie Betts was asked about it, and he was like, he's our teammate. Forget all that, you know, whatever. And like he was very flippant about it, which was disappointing. But like whatever. You, you sort of understand that it's player mindset. That's what they want to do. And uh, Andrew Friedman, though, was asked very pointedly about it several times and, you know, was pressed uh, quite a bit and, and was, you know, so he acknowledged, yes, it's bad optics. And he's like, look, I haven't seen all the photos about, like, you, uh, you hope they're wearing masks. There's photos of literally Andrew Friedman <laughs> with Roberts and, and Turner in a group. When, when I first saw that, like, D- Justin Turner was going out on the field, like, to get a th- uh, uh, shot with the the trophy, I'm like that. That's actually kind of cool. I assumed in my head because I was just like, um, I wasn't there. I was I, I I thought that initially like he was going out by himself, you know, with with his wife, and like that's a cool moment, right? You get to celebrate on the field. Just Turner's like one of the biggest parts of the franchise, obviously. Um, yeah, and and to get to celebrate that, but then it's like, oh, he's he's out there with everybody, like they're so they're just like out there like out there so the the fact and then andrew friedman's sort of um response to this was like he wanted to go out there and we weren't going to stop him and it's like well why do you even have (laughs) protocols or like someone from mlb like should have and and the team should not have let him so what but we're not going to like harp on this. That's just yeah, sort of what it, what it is. Yeah, the lead with it. It's sort of fitting for this year, right? Sixteen exactly. season, so much. No, no, nothing. Nothing is normal, right? But like, yeah, we didn't want to not acknowledge it, and we wanted to start with it because we didn't want to end with it. So, and, and it's and, and it's not to, and it's not to say like neener neener, like you you guys are you know you know you got caught and you should be shamed for it. It's not that it's it's a literal health risk of like potentially spreading. And then Andrew Freeman, the other thing he said was like everyone within like the contact tracing with Justin, they, they've already been around him. So they're, they're like, we didn't, you know, whatever, like they, if you're going to get like, that was essentially the attitude for you. If you're going to get it, you're going to get it. So the, the consequence of this is the Dodgers might be in Texas longer than they expected because they're probably going to have to um, quarantine. They're all getting like tested once they go back to the hotel and they might like depending on how the the testing goes, they might have to like stay there for a while. So it's like this weird, they're trapped in their own, <laughs> their own prison that they created. Uh, Cause it's just, it's just, it's very odd. Like I, I don't know how it should have been handled, 
but it seemed like it, they could have handled it a lot better than they did. But but that you know that that was just part of one one part of like a very eventful night, as it were. Yeah, eventful night, eventful few weeks. Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> we wanted to make sure that uh, we we talked about that. It's going to be a story. It's going to be probably a bigger story in some circles than than the, the game itself, which is a shame. And I wanted to acknowledge my how it dampened my enthusiasm. But let's talk about the, remarkably given that story, the amount of enthusiasm I still have, that was awesome. Uh, you know what was... wasn't awesome? Game four. <laughs> I, we, I, we, this comes up a lot. Do I watch the games? Do I not watch the games? I watched, I didn't watch game one because it was a Kershaw start and that was make me anxious. I um, watched the back half of game two. They lost that one. I don't remember what I did with Game 3, honestly. I think I waited till they had a lead and I started watching. I watched every pitch of Game 4. Whoa. <laughs> uh, I picked the wrong one, <laughs> to, to say the least. Um, I, I had... I, as I was, it was heartwarming checking Twitter after the game. Not heartwarming, but I, I don't know. I don't know the right word. It's too late for me to think of the right word. Um, mm. But seeing a lot of people on Twitter... Having the same feelings as me, um, Daniel Brim especially had like mentioned that he cried. I cried hard just because it felt it's so easy in a game like that, which is a game the Dodgers have lost so often, a similar game like that, to just become immediately fatalistic. Because the- sure, they could win the Kershaw game and sure, they can win the Walker game, but they're not going to win... Even if it's a Tony Gonsolin quote unquote start, it's a bullpen game. Uh, they can't win a bullpen game, not against Ian Snell. The uh, Kevin Cash is too good of a manager, and Dave Roberts isn't a good manager. <laughs> and then uh, Dave Roberts pushes like he had to push so many buttons in this game and in Game Seven in NLCS, both of which were bullpen games, and he just like makes every move correctly. Lies so, to us about Urias not appearing in this game. Yeah. <laughs> Filthy liar, Dave Roberts. Um, which is, and I'm sure that was the plan, right? But once they got the lead and saw that it was close, they're like, whatever. Right. Uh, game seven, if that happens, you get you get Trine and Kenley, etc. We're going to Urias today. Like, let's shut this door. And Urias came through. Man, like it was so good. So going back to game four for just a second, you're right. Like. That's that's a that's a crushing loss, right? Oh my god! Like that that game was insane. Uh, first because of all, because if you like, win that game, you win the World Series. You are not lo- losing a Kershaw start or a, and or a Walker. Oh like, yeah, you're not you're losing winning both. one of those. Yeah, and, and like that was and another. If you don't, year. you are. It's the most heartbreaking <laughs> three to one well, loss ever. Put it this way: so uh, Urias uh, started Game Four. He went four and two thirds and allowed two runs. That was his worst outing by far this postseason. <laughs> like that's how good he was all postseason. Um, but the fact that he he got taken out and then, uh, like you're talking about, like Dave Roberts, he like pushed a lot of wrong buttons in that game, especially like, <laughs> you know, Pedro Baez, who's like always in front and center in every like like you know, pivotal moment in Dodgers postseason. Unless he's in that. And it's not even necessarily high leverage spots per se. It usually is, but just Mm -hmm. like, cause he's succeeded in high leverage spots too, but it's all of these like, Oh, it's going to be a game like this. Of course it's going to be Baez to do this. Yeah. And then like uh, the Kenley Jansen thing where he, he literally gave up like two blue pits, one that he shattered a bat on, but he was also, he also missed his spot very badly in both, both and the stuff situations. Was medium minus yeah. at best. Like, no, it was not. Yeah. Literally the first um, double error walk off in world series history. Uh, Chris Taylor bobbled the ball. Will Smith dropped the ball at home plate after Randy Rosarina fell down. After, and it wasn't very <laughs> like, good to throw from Max Muncy. Uh, no. just, this is horrific play. I mean, everyone's seen it at this point. So, so what I immediately thought of it was, well, the it's you know, it's like uh, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the play? If you think back to 2017 World Series, obviously the cheating is the number one thing now. But like at the time, Game Two and Game Five were the crushers, right? They were the two like all time games that that World Series was going to get remembered for, and the Dodgers lost both of them, right? Mm-hmm. So like, um, and, and then if you look at it, so. The one, the game two was early enough in the series. It, it made it one one instead of two zero, so it wasn't as crushing. But like a later thing, so game five, instead of going home up three two, they go home down three two. They still put themselves in position to win in game seven. They didn't, but like that's crushing. And then two thousand eighteen, the 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 Puig game, 
where he hits a three-run homer that should have been his iconic moment in Dodger history, and it becomes forgotten because everyone in the bullpen was terrible after. And so they blow that game. And uh, my, keep in mind, Kenley Jansen got blown saves at all these games except for one that he got the loss in. Um, but uh, that put the Dodgers down 3-1, and like that series was over at that point. This one, even after all that, it was 2-2. It felt at the time like the Dodgers were losing the series 2-2 <laughs> somehow. But like that was like the saving grace. That's a that really won. good way of putting it. If yeah. like, losing 2-2. Like if yeah, it felt like the Dodgers were down like three to one. Like it just felt like the Rays had this imaginary lead. Um and it wasn't even necessarily that I like I was suddenly a believer in momentum. I, I didn't think, oh, they're the, they're, they're gonna come out pressing. Like I'm like, this team has shown like they are really, really good at pre- pu- pushing the reset button. Um, they all, but it was yeah. just that, like, it was, oh, that happened, and now you have to, re- you, now it's, the Kershaw's going to blow it. Um, you know, either that or Dave will mismanage him. Joe Kelly will somehow make an appearance. Like, who, you don't, you have to rely on a bullpen, like, the three games ahead of you are a Kershaw game, a, yes, maybe Gonson can go six, but, probably like a short leash. So a high chance of a Dave Roberts bullpen game. And then game three, you have Walker and you have maybe Urias if he doesn't get used in game six, but that maybe gets you all nine innings, but you might need another inning out of maybe a Kenley Jansen. Uh, And now you have to worry about Dave Roberts making the move there. And it just is so, again, I'm going to use the word fatalistic to think of this pattern that is going to just result in the Dodgers downfall. I would just judging from the comments we get in the playoffs, in the playoffs, things get nuttier than normal. And like we get some new people. Right. Um, And, and a line plus also people are on edge, right? They haven't won. The Dodgers hadn't won. And you're like, people after game four wanted like Dave Roberts head on a pike, essentially, you know, like not everyone obviously, but like that was a very strong sentiment. And and we'll talk about this at a later episode because until today, and then maybe NLCS game seven, you you might be able to argue the bullpen in general needs to be talked about. This has been a running pattern for a while where specifically in the playoffs, just things don't sit right. You bring 15 relievers, but you seem to trust two and a half. And so you overuse those guys and you're never using the other. Like, there's just a lot of things that are just off. So Dave Roberts deserves some flack. Yeah. It's a collaborative process for the front office. It's a, it, and it starts with who, what pitchers you're bringing in. If you don't trust these guys to get out, why are they on the roster to begin with? So I don't know where that is. We'll talk about it later. Um, but. Oh man, what were we talking about? Oh no, so just to go off on that a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Jake McGee I had, a had point, the, but had the uh, highest strikeout rate on the staff all year. Uh, like for, it was like forty percent, and he was barely used yeah, to the like point 40, where it, he was he, he was one of the pregame Zoom people the other day. I can't remember which game it was. Maybe game five, and uh, right. I, I had my hand up to ask a question. But Ken Gurnick, being the good beat writer that he is, uh, he he was called on before me, and his question was like, "It was a very, it, it was it was like a very nice way that he put it, but it was like, are you hurt? Like you know, like basically, like why haven't you been used? It was essentially the, and that's how sort of I was going to ask it too, and uh, he's like, no, I've been fighting. Is it like he's like, look, it was matchups, like a lot of the time, like he didn't pitch until the NLCS." Um, like they didn't like the matchups against the Padres, which they only had a couple lefties, so that was that made a little more sense. Although he had reverse splits, but but whatever. Like it was just weird how he wasn't used, and and like also weird how like Joe Kelly also wasn't used. Like in a in a which really he, weird he, is he had one of the yeah. highest leverage spots in all of the playoffs. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, yeah. a couple he had a he appeared in game two. Um, in the World Series and then a couple other times in the NLCS. But still, it was like, here is this super high, come save this really disparate situation, and we're done with you. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just so like, but yeah, so the bull, like, Victor Gonzalez, like, covered himself in glory, like, pretty much. What a surprise rookie season from him. He, even within the season, he just kept improving. Oh, and, and, and he did in the playoffs, too, right? No, like, he, went, play, he, he relied was, like, on him. Like, fine, but he had yeah. a little blemishes, and then today... Just strikes out the side 
like yeah. just confidently. And and it was amazing. Dylan Floro also like very effective all year and against righties and lefties and then was left off uh one of the early rosters. Um and I think that was the wild card and then he got added that but it's like it's just weird. Like uh but then he got like the probably the biggest out of and uh, it's really of interesting because this was a thing that got started talking about sorry to interrupt you, uh between games four and five was I and this was a thought I'm I know baseball pretty well, but I'm by no means like this deep diver, either analytics or mecha- certainly not mechanics guy. But the the sort of the book seemed to be on um, Randy was uh, uh, mashes lefties, so you want a righty, but he mashes fastballs, so you want a righty that has some some pitches with movement. And Dodgers don't really have anyone that lined up well against them except for Floro. Um, but clearly, they were a little nervous to use him really with any any other hitter but he got the call in this game to do the the one the one batter but boy he made it count yeah randy rosarena was the the guy for the rays right like all postseason he he hit 10 home runs like he was so good and it was like um he was just prevalent like all the time and so here's here's how i sort of viewed this series right the brave series was a like a mini miracle that the Dodgers got through that. They were down three, one to an excellent team with a, with a, such a good offense. Like, and it was, that was a slog to get through. Right. And it it was seven games in seven days. And then, but then, so I think I was texting you before the race. I was like looking at the Rays offense. I'm like, this offense is, I mean, look for, they're not bad, but this offense is bad. Like, like relatively. Right. And so like, that's a, that's a huge mismatch, but but Randy Rosarena like kept them afloat, man. Uh, they also had Brandon Lau was really good during the regular season. He started to hit in the World Series. He had three home runs. And then they have this sort of platoon thing they're going with Choi and a few yeah. others. Like so, and, like, and, and a lot of, like Yanny Diaz was a factor. Like it, it, he played against lefties, and like, they had they have guys right. Like they're not they're not bad. It's just but they they don't have like that man. You, you know where you're you're going. Oh, it's gotta go one through nine on this this team. Like a lot. There was a lot of outs. Which the Dodgers have and the Braves it. have, right? Like, yeah. like the Braves, like whenever they turn the lineup over, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. A, a, yeah. Acuna, Azuna, Freeman. Uh, like you have to get those through those threes. And then even the back half is just nonstop home run hitters. So Oh yeah. So I want to say another thing. So that, speaking of the NLCS, um <clears throat> that sort of informed how the Dodgers went into this series and it it informed like how they went into game six in a way. So to win the against the Braves in game seven. It was, you know, winner take all, do or die. The Dodgers you ended up using their other three starting pitchers, the non-Kershaw Bueller types. Uh Tony Gonsolin, Dustin May, um, and both were sort of ineffective in that game. Like they didn't pitch very well, didn't go very long, but then Urias uh closed it out with three innings at the end. So they used their three other starters. They that they had Kershaw for game one of the World Series. Now, game two, it's either bring Walker Bueller back on short rest, which he's never done, and he's dealing with blisters on his right hand, so they were that was not a real consideration. So he's game three. So you have to fill game two somehow, and all you can do at that point is essentially a bullpen game, right? They started Tony Gonsolin, but reasonable people knew that game was n- – was not a real start right that 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 was a every literally everyone is on two days rest the three uh, they ended up not using urius because they were holding him for game four thank god because that that would have been a disaster if they had done that but but so they used gonsolin again and and took him out shortly they had a quick hook on him which which is fine and then dustin may was just bad um and so both of them uh like we didn't know the t- at the time, but Dave Roberts said, uh, or I guess Gonsolin said, Roberts told him after game two, he started game six, which was finally his like actual chance to be a ro- regular routine starter. Uh, he was supposed to start game four against the Padres, but the Dodgers swept them. So he didn't get that. So by the time he started in the NLCS, which a start was moved up two days because of Kershaw's back, Gonsolin had not pitched in 17 days. So, like he his whole like routine was messed up. Like obviously he still have to make pitches, and he but he just struggled right. And so uh, then so he gets to start tonight. It's sort of a regular thing. They're just going to let him go as long as he can, and then he 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 gives up a home run to Rosarena, which I saw a thing. I think Jay Jaffe tweeted this. 
that was the only um, home uh, Rosarena hit like I think he hit 17 total home runs because he came up. He had like COVID earlier in the year, I believe, and uh, but he came up in September and he hit seven home runs in September. Then he hit 10 home runs in the playoffs. So <laughs> of the 17 home runs, that was the only one that he that was a pitch out of the strike zone. So yeah. not a not a bad pitch. Rosarena is just locked in. He's just crazy. So. But then he also gave up like two other hits, two other walks, and then he he was in the second when he walked a guy with two outs. That was um, uh, they they had G Man Choi leading off today, so Rosarena is up again, and they're like, "You're not facing Rosarena again." <laughs> like, and, and like that's not necessarily on Gonsolin, right? He was not bad. It was just like, but also they just it's that's just a quick hook. I saw people complaining on Twitter, and I don't I don't like to be the I'm not setting up a straw man or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, people are like, oh, oh they said they weren't going to do an opener. Well, this isn't. That's not an opener. That's just a manager reacting yeah. to the game. <laughs> everyone, like, everyone confuses this this whole thing. Like, like they want. They're like, oh, they're doing the analytics and, and yeah. scripting. No, this is a manager reacting to how his pitcher's <laughs> pitching, and like that was perfect. And so, but then, like you said, that set it in motion. A series of events where the uh, the all... leading e- bullpen ERA to look like it for once in the playoffs, like Exa- exactly, they were so good. <laughs> and, and so, and we talked about like Flora was the guy they brought in there to get the last out of the second with a man on first, and the the Rays were up one nothing. And then he so okay. Another thing about Dylan Floro, part of his resurgence this year was he he developed his changeup a little better, better, but he only um, that was a pitch against the lefties. And Rosarena is a righty, and he threw him three straight change up and struck him out. Like it was like, whoa, all right, cool. Like he only threw that pitch like six and a half percent of the time against righties this year, and so that was a surprise, and it worked. And and then uh, Alex Wood came in; he was great this postseason. Like a lot of it was, some of it was mop up early. He was getting like increasingly higher leverage roles. Um. And like he was very good. He 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 was so good to the point tonight where he he retired all six batters he faced, struck out three <laughs> on twenty pitches. That everyone was like, "Why are you taking out Alex Wood right now?" <laughs> and so like kudos to him. Like there, there were that's this postseason was so long. We we had all these pitchers like Kenley Jansen early in the postseason. Were like put him on ice, don't ever use him again. <laughs> like and then like within, within like a week, it was like, we "Oh my like, god, Kenley's the Kenley's best." Like, and yeah, then after and game then, four, it's like then, never use uh, Kenley again. <laughs> right. It, this so man, God, this is such a roller coaster. <laughs> they they played 18 games, man. They they were 13 and five, and you would think it was like nine and nine, given yeah. how <laughs> October takes years off your life. But um yeah, so <laughs> but then and again, Pedro Baez was the one brought in there, and he was fine in his like he he retired <laughs> two guys, gave up a hit, and then that, that's when Victor Gonzalez came in, I think. And, uh, and then, yeah, and, like, they just – and then Urias again. Like, so, okay, uh, just a note on Urias, right? So, uh, closed out the NLCS with nine up, nine down uh, in game seven. Uh, today he was brought in in the seventh inning with two outs, and he got the final seven outs, did not give up a base runner. He had a 117 ERA with in 23 innings with 29 strikeouts and four walks. He had um, – uh, two starts in the postseason. He had one bulk bulk relief slash start type thing. He had another three three innings for us. He he pitched, he was the the one guy who was like you know utilizing all these other roles and just did great. We talked about we we talked about this so many times in the previous years. Like when are they going to take the gloves off Urias? Obviously, this was only a sixty game season, so that contributed it, but. Man, just letting him go out there and show what he can do, like what a what a year for him and what a playoffs. It was it was remarkable, really. So I kind of want to talk about the World Series in general, uh, the the playoffs in general. Um, we haven't even talked Kershaw yet. Oh, there's so <laughs> yeah, much. I know, I'm yeah. making weird, weird notes. We're gonna have to go uh, yeah, through. Yeah. I, I, I have an idea of how we'll get there. We're gonna we'll do a little commercial thing, and then we'll be we'll be back after this. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Just for the sake of having a framing device to talk about all these random things, and we're going to miss some, right? There's some players, some play we're not going to talk about because, again, now 2.30 or something my time. Uh, but we're going to try. So let's real quick, let's do like a top five-ish uh, uh, MVP. Let's do of the World Series. How about that? Okay, sure. Do you want to go? Do you want to go first? Or do, oh, or sure. Do you I'll wanna... get the easy one. Corey Seager. We... Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you, 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 uh, you picked the winner. Yeah. I, so. No. Well, I there's two bets that you and I made that I want to talk about. I said Corey Seager would be the next Dodger to win an MVP, and look at me. Oh wow! Nice. Look, <laughs> we I'll, even, I'll even I'll give it to you on the technicality because he was so good. Oh, like, good. <laughs> uh, so I think I have his uh it's hard to get the I'm googling. No no I I'll get it. So okay. his his so his he hit 400. He was 8 for 20 in the World Series. <laughs> and like uh just just so good. So um his overall postseason he um <laughs> he like god he was so good. Um but like okay so we talked about Randy Rosarena having the ten home runs. That was the, that he set a record. No, but Seager had eight, and like that, that was that's the second most ever tied with a bunch of people. So Seager for the playoffs, the whole playoffs hit three twenty eight, four twenty five, seven forty six. Uh, he drove in twenty runs. The only one, only person to drive in more was David Freeze in two thousand eleven when he was out of his Superman. mind. He drove in yeah. twenty one, yeah. Uh, and then he scored twenty runs, and that was, I believe, um, one also one behind the the postseason record. So like, just all over it, man. Like, just so good, and like, just all postseason, really. Um, now, I thought, you know, had Seager. Like he was obviously he was like eight for seventeen coming into tonight, and he was over three. But he he drove in the go ahead run with a ground out, uh, thanks to Mookie Betts' stellar base running again. Um, Dude, there's choice, right? You're, uh, yes, but it counts as a ground out. But, okay. So okay, I, let me tell you this is this is fun. Like uh, so, I went for the first time all year. I did not watch the game from my apartment. I visited my cousin. I we we were in his driveway uh, distance well enough and i was wearing a mask and he has a tv in his garage so we were watching that but we were using the fox sports app on roku mm-hmm. which is how this like goes. i know how which this is <laughs> roughly three innings behind live television <laughs> it, it's and, a good solid minute it, no, it, it, it was it was like i want i think it was like Three to four pitches. That sounds about right. Yeah, and like, oh, that is brutal. Ooh, it is <laughs> awful. <laughs> it, it, so, and meanwhile, I'm trying to like write stuff and like be sort of semi online. Like, I was obviously we were talking and stuff, and I was visiting with him. But at once the nitty gritty started. Like, I had to like be online, right? Like to to sort of finish stuff. Um, and it's brutal because like, like I knew the Dodgers won thanks to Twitter before the, they actually won or before I saw it, you know, and that's just, that's no way to live, man. It was tough, but, um, uh, God, I don't know why I even brought this up. We were, was it talking about, Oh, Oh yeah. So, uh, when I saw that, okay. In the, in the rally of, so the Dodgers were down one, nothing Blake Snell was even better than he was in game two. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think here. Um, oh, yeah. So Blake Snell had struck out nine batters in the first four innings. 
Now he's in the sixth inning. He gives up a single to Austin Barnes, who, by the way, caught four of the six games in this series. They really relied on him there. Um, Will Smith was the DH all those times. Um, but uh, Barnes gets on. There's one out in the sixth. Blake Snell is at 73 pitches. Uh, again, with nine strikeouts, he's given up two singles, nothing else, all night. And and Kevin Cash pulls him. Doesn't let him go the third time through the order. And like I literally after the game, Dave Roberts said, you know, they don't want to let they're not clowning Kevin Cash, right? But they're just like, Yeah, that was great. Cody Bellinger's reaction when asked about it. Oh yes, on FS1. Like yeah. after yeah, he, he was <laughs> just, like ooh, Yeah. Just he, this he was grin. The, <laughs> he was the one who went in on it. But so Dave Roberts after the game in the like the interview stuff, he said uh, he said, like, Mookie Betts, like, looked over to the dugout and kind of smirked, right? Or, like, <laughs> And then, so Betts hits a double to make it second and third. And then um, they score the the tying run on a wild pitch, the, the perfect Dodger rally of, of other years. But um, And then I see on Twitter, um, ground, uh, I just saw, I think I saw ground ball 2-1 Dodgers. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, Corey Seager grounded out. So that's fine. When I see the play, I'm like, it was like one of those like uh, hidden gems, like you, you know, because he it was just a ground ball to first, and they threw home immediately to try to get bets. So, so and they didn't get him, and but Seager didn't make an out. So I was like, oh, so that's a that's a hidden that's a hidden fun little prize. And it's like <laughs> that was the only time all night that I was like, you know, uh, uh, given something like uh, like that that was a surprise to me when I saw it. So it was just a weird way to watch. And it's really like, I, I, you know, don't want to go on to like any Tampa Bay communities and talk, you know, say go good game, never good for the winner to do that. But if there are Tampa Bay fans listening, we know this pain, maybe not this exactly, but Dodger fans, this is like, we we know what this is like, right? This is maybe not Kershaw because Dave's problem with Kershaw is the opposite, but this is like, Maybe taking a dealing Urias out or Rich Hill if you wanted to be a, a trufer about that in 2017 and putting Kenley in because they put Nick Anderson in who had given up I think a run in the last 40 games. Right. Yeah, Six I think. Games, well, but still, <laughs> didn't I forgot if we said this? I think this was a pregame thing or pre-series thing. Our last podcast where like we were saying like how how much better he was in the regular season. Yeah. And then and I said I said. I was like joking or not joking, but I was like, has he given up more runs in the postseason? And he's like, you're like, yeah, he gave up one run in the, in the race. <laughs> it was, it was two runs, but one earned, but like, yeah, he, so he literally gave up now. Yeah. Oh God. So he gave up a run in his <laughs> last seven outings. Seven. Yeah. Out of the playoffs. And like, to be fair, like a couple of those were two plus, um, and then they were all like substantial, but like, still that's, that's no way to live. If you're a reliever, like that's, that's rough. But um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. It was like, um, it was Whew. fortunate, right? Like yep. so, and then so, but it's two one like the whole game, and then the, when Dave Roberts is doing all these like moves, and then so like it was never more than a one run game until the eighth when Mookie Betts hit the uh, go or like the uh, insurance run home run, um, and like so so it's my turn to pick an MVP. So if in my head after game five. I was thinking, I was thinking Kershaw was yeah. going to win MVP, and actually, until I noticed that Corey Seager was eight for seventeen, then I was like, oh, "Well, wow. at most, it's like a split for Kershaw." And then, but like, um, but Kershaw like was great, right? Like, um, and, and two, and this got talked about a lot. I'm really glad a lot of Dodger fans queued into this, like the two Kershaw starts, right? Like this is this is the, these are the Kershaws we see about every other game almost all the time in the regular season. Maybe with one really bad game, you get the stuff is good, which usually means the slider is on and there's a good differential between the fastball and the slider and it's breaking really nicely the way he wants and he is just flabbergastingly on and, and disgusting and amazing. We got that in game 1. But what makes Clayton so special and so endearing is when he doesn't have that, he tends to just still find a way to strikeout numbers won't be that impressive. Maybe he walks a few guys because he's kind of trying to nibble maybe a little bit more than if he had the slider going, but he still gets through and gets you gutty six to seven innings. Um, and we got both those starts in this World Series. 
Yeah, it was. It, you're right, exactly on that. So, in that game one start, you're right. He had the slider working the first inning, not so much, but he found it quick. Yep. And like I saw, the stat there was in the in game one, he 38 swings on his pitches and 19 misses, like a 50 percent whiff rate, which is ridiculous. And then um, in game five, he had 41 swings and 11 misses. So, like you said was fighting right like he was fighting the whole game but like managed weight and he got into this situation in the man was that the fifth no that was the fourth um when he walked the first two guys which is uncharacteristic for him and then but before the second walk uh manuel margo stole second and then a bad throw got him to third so the walk put runners on the corners and then kershaw got the two quick outs out of that um it's 3-2 at this point. The Dodgers are leading. And with that situation, you're thinking this game is at least tied, right? Like mm-hmm. with nobody out, first and third, that's probably going to be a run. And then immediately almost there's two outs. And then um, Manuel Margot decides to try to steal home. And that and so like this is – I'm watching home. on game day, right? Yeah. I'm checking the score. Or, or I see a tweet like he stole home. I'm like, oh, it was part of a double steal. Nope. <laughs> Just a straight steal. Yeah, and it was like, and it almost worked. Like, yeah, yeah, he was out, right? Like, clearly out by replay and stuff. But like, if you just have a a really like a bad throw home, like you, that's you could see how it might work, right? So, like, um, yeah, I don't think he should necessarily. Like, I think the fault is, um, was it who was up? Kiermaier, is that right? Uh, yes, Kevin Kiermaier. Um, so you could he's been pretty dang good hitted for the Rays, and at that point maybe yeah. you don't want to squander the opportunity but in pure isolation it wasn't that awful of any because because of how close it was so um and but like unlike say maybe uh the ending of game four or the base running gaff of the braves in game seven this should not necessarily i don't think be viewed as like oh morgo screwed up or a toot plan or anything like this because not only was it super super close kershaw was perfect and a lot has been talked about this he gets his foot off the rubber so it's not a balk so if the batter does swing thinking it's the pitch um he's out on interference and just throws a strike to barnes and a little little spoiler on who i might be talking about soon on this list um applies a perfect tag cradles the ball to the runner's leading tag hand just perfect uh, application of that tag to be fair, I you could say that Kershaw's throw was a little high, That's high right. inside it, but, Maybe but not still, a perfect strike. But, but, he, but in that he presence it, he of got mind, it there. Yeah, and right. kudos to Max Muncy for call, drawing Kershaw's attention to the to the play. yeah because Kershaw's back is to third of that, and so but yeah, Kershaw like cool as a cucumber, basically like stepping off, throwing home. It was perfect, um, and then like he got a very quick fifth, and then the plan going into the sixth was. Um, He's going to face two batters, and then they're going to bring in God. I, I actually forgot who they brought in. Was it Gratterall then? Yeah, it must have been Gratterall. I, honestly, I don't remember. But <laughs> um, he got those two batters on two pitches, and they're like – so it led to this funny moment where they go to the um, uh, the mound visit, right? And, like, they know what the plan is, but then, like, Kershaw's like, you know, are we doing this or whatever? And then, and then Justin Turner's there. And I, I will I will clean this up a bit, but he he said he can get this mf'er right, and like uh, that was pretty clear uh, for his by his lips uh, that he was saying that. And then they they still uh, pulled Kershaw and the Dodger partisan crowd in at Globe Life Field. They had a lot of Dodger crowds in this series. It wasn't so much in the Atlanta series. It was pretty mixed and or brave um, tilted, I think. But in the World Series, it was a lot of Dodger fans, like, you know, maybe 70%, something like that. And Dave Roberts got booed mightily uh, for pulling Kershaw there. But again, it worked. Um, and uh, be- it was one of those classic things where the pitchers do well and the manager looks good. So, like, yeah, exactly. Um, it's one of, yeah. So that Kershaw is my pick. Uh, just, oh, yeah, just to give his numbers uh, for the series. Um, uh, 231 ERA, two wins. The first uh, postseason series, he actually won two games in. There's been other series where the Dodgers won two of his starts, but he n- never that he got the um, the win in two games in a series, which is 
bizarre, but like good for him. He had a great uh, postseason. He had a four, 293 ERA. He was four and one. Uh, like uh, I think only like four walks or something and 30 something strikeouts. So he was excellent. Uh, oh, also he's the all time postseason strikeout leader now. He passed Justin Verlander uh, during Game Five. So move on, mine, my next player. Go do it. This is emotional and not actually like should be you know probably similar to Kershaw, but I want to talk about Austin Barnes. Yep. Now, and I will say this: Austin Barnes was two for thirteen in the series. Yep. And I completely agree. Yeah. With you. <laughs> <laughs> and this this was a before the playoffs started question. I think the, somehow it was phrased: Would Austin Barnes get a start? I was a little bullish. You weren't. Uh, I texted you after game five, I think, saying I think Barnes should get the start game six. You, uh, I didn't, I, I wasn't disagreed. sure if it was, I thought, I thought he would start the Bueller game. If yeah, and I, I think that I was pretty confident in that, but was it in addition to that, should he start, uh, a game six? And it's, it's so hard, right? It's so hard to say, it's so, excuse me, so easy to say, Will Smith, you know, at Worch Piss, uh, where, Word luck can't talk. <laughs> Worse pitch caller. There we go. I thought we weren't going explicit on this. <laughs> um, than than Barnes, but you know that's that that's such a small sample size. Barnes is also getting to catch uh, Bueller and Kershaw, so that's going to inflate those numbers. But man, so specifically the fastball Baez threw um, uh, to Lau uh, to uh, that hit the the three run home run. The, the, like yes, that's someone on the pitcher, uh, but the, the catcher needs to not let the like. I, I think there was something that like he maybe called the changeup and by shook him off. You go up and say no, no, no. <laughs> it's yeah. your job to say we're throwing the changeup here. And when the home run got hit, Dave Roberts had this look of not just like, oh man, what a bad result. He seemed upset that something occurred, and I, right. I, I, I don't know, but I wonder if it is why did they just throw the fastball? Um, and he is. Pitch framing was excellent this whole series of this whole playoffs. His pitch calling was excellent this whole like it's hard again. You don't want to read too much in the catcher ERA because that that's the pitcher's job for the most part. Uh, but it was dramatically different in the playoffs, um, and he just played great defense. Just did so many small things outside of hitting well and had a home run to boot. Generally fine uh, with Smith as a catcher. Barnes um, elite. His framing is elite. And I think that's what they le- leaned on in a lot of this, um, given some of the strike zones uh, during like the postseason. I think that was a big part of it. I don't think it was because Will Smith dropped the throw at the end of Game Four. Like that wasn't. A th- I don't think that's why. No, no. Um, but but like, yeah, maybe like, like a slight data point in the Austin Barnes is a better defensive catcher, and here is yeah. an episode of it. But not. It's not a. Yeah. You did this one thing bad. They're like that's not. That's not how they've rolled ever. Otherwise, we would have seen Chris Taylor um, benched, and we definitely didn't see that. Exactly. Because yeah, and so um, on the Will Smith Pedro Baez thing, he did say he called change up, and and Baez shook to a fastball. It was his second straight fastball at that point, and Smith, I believe. He's, he, you know, he's, I know he said this. I believe what he was doing was uh, covering for his pitcher at this point. But he said uh, he had conviction in the fastball, and that's why I let him throw it. Essentially, because mm-hmm. you don't want to like you want to have the pitcher like uh, this makes sense, you know, intuitively a little bit. Um, you you want to have the pitcher like be confident in what he's throwing and he was convinced that Pedro Baez was confident in the in the fastball it obviously didn't work Pedro Baez's fastball has been down this year velocity wise and it wasn't as as it's just change up his is his best pitch but I get it you can't throw it every single pitch but um yeah so that was that was rough uh but yeah I think he was covering for him a little bit there you're right he probably should have been more forceful and like throw me a damn change up right, right here instead of that <laughs> so uh, you have any other people you want to talk about in the MVP race? Okay, so is this this is for the the World Series? If you want to expand a little bit, feel free. I just I just picked Austin Barnes, so feel oh. free to. Okay, so uh, post post game judgment aside, I'm going with Justin Turner. Yeah, um, who who really turned it on late? He was 
not he wasn't bad like early in early in the postseason, but he like he really got better as the postseason wore on. In the in the in the World Series, he was 320, uh, 346, 720 with four doubles and two home runs. And then like if you go to his entire postseason, like I wrote about this, he he basically he took over like all the records, uh, the Dodgers records this postseason, like the ones he didn't have before. Like he passed home runs, runs, hits. Um, I believe uh, he he had walks, but amazingly, Max Muncie passed him because Muncie walked like every time up. Um, but um, so uh, so Justin Turner this postseason ended up with an eight hundred four OPS, which is like it, again not not bad, but he's like constant like that's his second worst playoff ops with the dodgers like that's how good he's been in the postseason but it was even better the last however many games so uh he had a stretch um from game four of the nlcs through uh game four of the world series and that was a an eight game stretch where he had all of his extra base hits it was uh six doubles and three home runs and like man he had four hits in game four the game they lost but like he was just on it and like re- looking really good. Um, so yeah. So what a what a playoffs. What a like he's been the constant, right? They were the one guy they could always count on. Like in October, uh, in previous years, and he's been here. This is his uh, seventh season with the Dodgers. Like he's going to go down in Dodgers history as like one of their best players, and like it's remarkable to even think about that. So a few other names we definitely should talk about. Uh... They interviewed Walker Buehler, and you could tell, kind of tell, there was this like, like, uh, you know, sort of like, well, you almost got to be the guy. <laughs> you probably yeah. would have been the guy, and maybe you're literally winning the MVP. But like him and Urias, man, like I don't believe. I believe clutch aspects are slightly overrated. There's so much other things that go into it, but it is hard to deny those two guys just becoming nails when the moment needs. Man, like he was so good. Bueller, like uh, beginning of the postseason, limited more by the blister to where he was only going four innings. And then like they were bringing in like Urias and May after for like a bulk. Uh, But like was really good as he was pitching. And then he just like gradually getting longer. He walked a lot of guys early on and then he just stopped walking people. And he was just really, really great. Um, So like. Um, yeah, it was like 25 innings, 180 ERA, 39 strikeouts, like great, just fantastic. Like what a, what a series, what a, what a playoffs for him. Um, let's talk about Mookie. I was just going to (laughs) say if if it, if it, if he didn't come up, then you had to bring him up. So a lot of this, you know, we, I don't, I don't like to fall into this trap because it's an easy trap to fall into. Well, if you see a guy every day, it's you know it's it's hard, it's hard to appreciate him unless you see him every day. You know all this like uh, ancillary, and, like and you know. So you know we've said it a bunch, but this was a thing that Red Sox fans said we would say. Like you yes. know he's good, but you will think you will realize how good he is after you start watching him. And I I can't think of a player of of in my Dodger Roger experience of how true that is. Right. And like we talked about this before, like he actually had a couple defensive misplays mm-hmm. in the postseason, including uh, a couple, but like, you know, they weren't, they were, you know, everyone has those, right? But that it was so remarkable because for most of the season, it's like you almost every play to right field, um, it's like he's always there in perfect position, making him catch in stride. Like he's never, he's never the guy who like dives into your frame late if you're watching on TV, you know, to like catch a ball, he's always like there (laughs) just waiting to catch it or whatever. But like, um, so I just want to say like his offense was fine during the the postseason, right? Like it was at time, like, so heading into the world series, he was 311, 407, 444. That's actually really good, obviously. But like, he had no home runs, but it's fine. He doesn't have to have home runs. But six doubles at that point. But, like, he also had three games in a row in the Dodgers' comeback in the NLCS where he had a ridiculous catch in right field. One robbed a home run. The other two, like, robbed doubles. No, one robbed a double. The other one was the the 
the shoe top catch that he ended up getting an assist on because uh, he was stood upright enough to throw home. He had another um, great catch in the World Series. He also uh, hit a home run in game one. He hit a home run uh, in game six, the clincher. Um, uh, so those were his two home runs of the postseason. He stole two bases in two different World Series games. He was eight for eight in steals in the postseason. Excellent defense for the for the postseason with the Dodgers. He ended up hitting 296, 378, 493, which is like I think that's roughly his career line, you know, maybe or close to it. Like and and little things defense, on the base pass, getting the home on the on the fielder's choice today. Yeah, like every like he's uh, yeah scored he scored fifteen runs in eighteen games. So like extrapolate that out. That's a 135 run season so like excellent just what an excellent player again we're missing names we talked we talked about Urias a little bit when we talked already about Walker but I um Max Muncie starting with oh. DS had his on-base percentage lower in each series what a <laughs> scumbag ended the world his world series on base percentage 444 <laughs> it's just unreal that that seems low uh like <laughs> Well, and then also, I don't know if you saw this. There, this I don't remember if it was Getty or USA Today, but a couple people tweeted it. Um, like, uh, but he hit the home run in Game Five. Um, the last two games, it's it's funny. Like the Dodgers a- averaged, um, so they played sixteen games at Globe Life Field. Um, they mm-hmm. averaged five point eight runs at the, in those games. So like. Uh, they were it was six before today, but the last two games were four, two, and three, one. So, like, obviously, pitching did its job, but like, there was little key moments where Muncie um hit, hit the home run. Uh, and there was this great photo because he crushed that home run in game five. And it was, it, it wasn't second deck, but it was like so deep that you knew it was gone. And like, he dropped the bat and like admired it first, but then there's a shot where Zunino behind the plate. There, Max Muncie just out the still photo is literally just standing at home plate, like looking out to like admiring the home run. And then Zunino's behind him doing the same thing, like, oh my God, right? <laughs> like thinking that, look how far that ball went. It's a great photo, absolutely wonderful photo. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was really good. All right. I'm getting tired, but I do want to do one more segment. Let's each pick three uh, mm-hmm. favorite plays. Let's do from the postseason. And I'm not plays. just just okay. shoot from the hip. I'm this doesn't need to be exhaustive. We're going to miss some incredible play. I'm sure. Please understand, oh, we're doing this as best we can. But let's let's just each pick three. You start. I'm gonna I'm gonna go first with, with the, my first play is um the 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 Cody Bellinger uh, catch of Fernando Tatis. <laughs> yeah. So that was in God. That was game two of the. Yeah, yeah, game that two. sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> NLDS. Yeah, NLDS. And like, uh, so it's 4 3 Dodgers in the seventh. That's a two run home run that would have put the Padres ahead, but no. And it uh, just made one of those plays that made, that was like, I think the first play that made me go, oh, maybe this year's different. Like, that ju- it just felt so special and so, oh, yeah, that's a home run that, uh, that's a, the pain of that home run is a, uh, a experience that I've had before. And it didn't happen. The good thing happened. Everything about that was great, uh, like just from the play itself. But the fact that like um, uh, Bruzar Gratterall like went absolutely nuts uh, and with the, one of the greatest celebrations ever for for like someone who almost gave up a home run. Now again, it was in a, a joyous celebration towards his own dugout, celebrating, and he like threw his his hat through his glove. And then the Padres took offense, namely Manny Machado, and that sort of set off. But that was like a harmless little thing, right? It, but it was hilarious, and I loved it. So that, that that's my first pick. I'm going to go uh, moving to the next series, I guess. Uh, Will Smith versus Will Smith. Mm. The the start of how... It's interesting. You and I tend, seem, tend to be fairly on the same keel on how optimistic or pessimistic we are with the Dodgers. We we have a mix of both. I think we both do. Um, not true in this World Series. I was captain pessimism throughout our text messages, and you were whatever the opposite is, to the near to the point of delusion. Granted, you <laughs> ended up being right. 
uh, I think Dodgers and three was a text message I got from you at some point. I may uh, have exaggerated <laughs> a little. Um, but even you, Captain Optimism, throughout these uh, postseasons, we were ready for this series to be done um, once the Dodgers were down three to one against the Braves. And this was the play that really turned that around. Yeah. And like, so you, like you forget, right, that um, they're they're down 3-1 at that, that point. And like, uh, so they obviously have to win three games. But I was so amped to just have the Will Smith versus Will Smith matchup. They already <laughs> faced each other last year in the regular season. So it wasn't even that big of a deal. But like... Um, God, but it it was playoffs, so I was excited for it. And then for it to end at a three-run homer, like that was so (laughs) shocking and like so wonderful. Yeah, it was. That was that was an amazing moment. I agree with you. Your turn. Oh God. Okay. So, trying to think. I I will. I'll probably go with. Hmm. How about the the third Mookie Betts catch in the sure. NLCS? Game, we had to pick one, right? right. One of these has to appear. I think Game Seven because that's the one that was the home run yeah. that he robbed Freddie Freeman clearly over the wall. And God, it's like, uh, was that the one where uh, Rick Monday said, "Is he? Does he? Was it? Does he have wings in his feet or something?" That sounds right. Or, or it was a wonderful like turn of phrase that he that he had. But it's like you look back and that wall's really high and like he jumps so high like any he, he like timed it perfectly and everything about that was great um and so but yeah it was like in, and the fact that it was the third day in a row because like literally the post game in each of those games were like man that had to be like the play of the year for Mookie right and they're like yeah and then the next day well was this even better <laughs> than yesterday and like, it became like a joke by the third day it was really funny um, I'm going to pick, yeah, I, I have my three, but I'm going to save the next one for last. Um, uh, Bueller getting out of the bases loaded. No, outs. Oh my God. Yes. That was great. Because one, That's just a cool six. moment, but also probably cemented like, uh, like, cause he really credited, um, Barnes through for a lot of those, um, uh, hard situations of just being able to get him through, um, kind of cemented what it may, we'll never know for sure, but, Barnes catching this bullpen game when all the other bullpen games either went really poorly or kind of shaky, and they were so good, a factor at the very least, and possibly a very important factor. Okay, so I might be going a little off book here, um, only because I want to bring him up, and it was in game five, um, early on against Tyler Glass now to give the Dodgers a 3-0 lead, Jock Peterson, who had had a like a down year he was not not as good in the in the post in the regular season as he has been um he hit 190 right like it was uh it was a it was a rough season um and he was pretty good in the playoffs right like he was he was not uh early on he wasn't used a ton and he but he did his usual like start against righties thing and he ended up like his, he, he had a 559, he hit 382, right? It was in, he was 13 for 34 in the playoffs, but his home run in game five was, was pretty fun. Um, he was off Tyler Glass now, gave the Dodgers a three nothing lead, I believe. And, um, <laughs> he was like caught on Mike, uh, coming back. And he's like, they don't want that smoke. And, uh, he's, Jock is funny because like he's, he's very terse, like in interviews and, you know, not not as outwardly um, uh, as he is, like, with his teammates and stuff. But, like, it's funny when he, like, sort of lets it hang out a little bit. And that, that was a nice little moment for him. All right. I get the last pick. Uh, and I'm, I'm going really off book. Uh, oh, man. I think, yeah. I think this is important. I'm going with the, the Brandon Phillips play. I'm going to and include the, the, the double in sing, scoring single in game five immediately after. Like that, three pl- literally the three plays together mm. encapsulated what this whole postseason felt like. Where just like so, like the the painful moment that we're all so used to, and then the immediate response back uh, to where oh maybe maybe this isn't going to be so bad, um, and that really the the again extreme pain of just this whole 
like not only we talked about this in 2017 the two most memorable games the Dodgers were loser in this with game four is going to be the most memorable game maybe not in hindsight with the Dodgers winning um but it's it's the most updated upvoted play on from the World Series and the baseball subreddit it's the most talked about play I had you know my sort of non-baseball fan friends and family talking to me about it um this was sort of what could have been the defining play had things not worked out, but the Dodgers responded and won the next two games. They, they completely like, uh, I believe Corey Seager before game five said, we just, uh, David Price tweeted something about flushing it away or whatever. And um, then, but yeah, Corey Seager's like, yep, it just, it happened. It's over. We move on. Uh, I just, I forgot just because I want to bring this up, even though I'm having an extra play, it's actually to you can't. Um, I, I can't believe I forgot this earlier, but Cody Bellinger literally won the pennant with a home run uh, <laughs> in Game Seven. In seven, but before that, Kiki Hernandez tied the game mm-hmm. in the seventh in the sixth inning in Game Seven. So those two like home runs were obviously huge. Um, so yeah, and and by two Dodgers like stalwarts at this point. Oh, all right. I think I think that's all I have in me. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll we'll uh, get something going eventually. I'm not sure when our next record's going to be because, because I'm I'm actually going to take some vacation time. Thank God. Uh, but yeah, Dodgers are world champions. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, God, what a what a weird season and but what a satisfying ending. To be honest. Uh, Thanks for doing all these uh, all year, Jacob. And yeah, uh, well, we're, we're going to keep going, obviously, but uh, the season is over. And uh, yeah, we'll probably do like a bridge episode. I'm sure there's going to be updates on the COVID thing we'll talk about. There's going to be, you know, other just like, I'm sure we're going to get little, little Neil. Wow, I really can't talk. Neat little insights about the series that, you know, we're kind of behind the scenes. They'll come through. We'll kind of do all of that. And then, yeah, I guess we. Start looking at 2021. Oh, man. Start talking it's, about the offseason. Yeah, free agency is like tomorrow. And it's a big the, one for the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these people we're talking about in this podcast. So thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the World Series. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.